Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this, turn up the volume, and let's go. My name is Chad, and I serve as the campus pastor right here at the South Side. And it is my pleasure to be your campus pastor. It is an honor to serve as the campus pastor here on the South Side. And so I want to jump into the Word of God today. Y'all ready? Okay, last week, just a reminder, we kicked off our new series called Look Closer. Say, Look Closer. Look closer. We kicked off our series called Look Closer. And last week was all about spiritual warfare, all about how, how God has, has given us a plan, the full armor of God. We spent a lot of time in Ephesians talking about putting on the full armor of God and the plan that God has as we fight our battles, as, as we draw on his strength and his power, not our own, but the full armor of God to fight these spiritual battles. And we talked about two principles that I want to remind you of. The first one is this, that when we look closer, we realize there's a whole spiritual realm all around us. There's a physical world, what we can see with our physical eyes that we interact with, but there's also a spiritual realm. The Bible set that up. If you missed it, go into our app and check out last week's, uh, last week's look closer sermon, look closer message. But, but there's a whole spiritual world that we cannot see with our physical eyes, yet it, it, it's real. It affects us. It influences the physical world and that God has given us a full arbor and we fight from a place of victory, fight from a place of victory, not for victory, but from victory because Jesus had died and was resurrected for our sins. He was crucified, he died, and he was resurrected for our sins. So we already have victory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so today, as we jump into to the second series, the second message in our series called Look Closer, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the thing. We have a wide a variety of people that call Courageous Home, people that come through our, our doors. And so when we talk about the Holy Spirit, you might find yourself in two different, uh, two different spots if you will, okay? Spot number one is you may have, have, have been a Bible reader your whole life. You may have been in church your whole life. You may be like my wife who, who I think day one, she was born on a Saturday. She was at church on a Sunday, I think. Is that right? Are you in here today? I, she gave me the double thumbs up, so that's accurate. Or you may be like me and didn't find Jesus until you were an adult. And so whatever your situation is, wherever you find yourself today, my prayer for you is that, is that as we talk about the Holy Spirit, as, as, as we talk about what it is, is and why it is and, and, and just some, some details about the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit actually speaks to you and, and interprets the word that are, words that are being spoken and God speaks to you today, okay? So let's look closer at what the Holy Spirit is. First of all, um, I, I did not grow up in church. I told you that, right? I didn't grow up in church. I found, a, I found church later as an adult. And so the first like, couple weeks I was in church, there was a term that was being thrown around called the Holy Ghost. Where are my church people at? Y'all know, where are my Holy Ghost people at? 
Okay, some of y'all know that this section over here, I'm going to come and talk to you, okay? So, so the Holy Ghost, right? I'm like, ah, what's the Holy Ghost? I don't really know. I did not grow up in church. I grew up on Scooby-Doo. And so I know that ghosts aren't real. And so I, they're talking about the Holy Ghost in church. And I'm just expecting that, that the, the, the gang is going to show up. Scooby-Doo and the gang is going to show up in the mystery machine. And they're going to pull the mask and save, save, uh, solve the crime, rather, of, of the person who stole the communion wine. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm going to be the first suspect because I was not living a life. I was coming to church, but I really wasn't living a Jesus life. I didn't know what that means, what that meant. I just wanted to get my life together a little bit. And so I'm like, Holy Ghost, I don't really know what that means. I was living a life more like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And don't act like some of y'all didn't celebrate 420 this week. That's a joke. That's a joke. Although the lines at Taco Bell were long on Thursday, I didn't see any asterisks in the parking lot. So y'all safe. That was just a joke. Okay. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're double saved. Good for you. Okay, the Holy Spirit isn't some ghost like Casper just floating around. That's not what the Holy Ghost is or the Holy Spirit is. So today we're going to look at the reality and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so just like we did last week, just like we do every week, really, we are going to start with what the Bible says. And so we're going to jump into scripture here. This is Jesus talking to his disciples as he prepares to leave them, right? He's living his life on earth and he's preparing to die on the cross to give his life on the cross and ascend to heaven. And so he's kind of preparing his disciples here. It's going to be on the screen. John chapter 14, verses 16 through 17. John 14, 16 through 17, verse 16. And I will ask the father, this is Jesus speaking, and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate, say advocate, who will never leave you. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you and later will be in you. So let me break this down for you. If you're, if you're already like, I don't, what does that mean? Then we got God, we have Jesus speaking, then we have the Holy Spirit. What does all this mean? Well, let me break it down for you. There's God, that's the Father. He created the world. We are made in the image of God. He breathed life into us and created us. God, the Father. Then we have Jesus, who is, is the Son of God, fully God, fully man, coming to earth, dying for our sins. Jesus lived a perfect life, the one and only person who has or ever will live a perfect life and died for the sins that we should have died for, but Jesus took it upon himself. And what Jesus is saying here is that once I leave, once I ascend to heaven and die for your sins and am resurrected, God will send his Holy Spirit to live inside us, to help us as believers in Jesus and give us strength. Okay, so that's a very simple breakdown of what the Holy Spirit is. And so I want to point out a couple things about those verses. First of all, did you notice I had you say the word advocate? I don't know if you read it on the screen as well, but it's capitalized. It's a capital A advocate. Other translations say counselor, helper. This translation that I use said advocate but they're all capitalized just like when you read God or Jesus or a name in the Bible, it's capitalized because it is, it is a name. It's not, it's, it's not something. uh, And notice it's not something. I didn't say something. I said someone. So it's capitalized and it's someone, not something because Jesus just calls the Holy spirit. He, if we look back at that verse, it says, Jesus says another advocate who will never leave you. 
He is the Holy Spirit. And so what Jesus is basically saying here is this, the world is not ready to receive the Holy Spirit because they're not looking for it. They're, they're in sin, they're in culture, they're more caught up in, in culture and sin and the world. They're not even looking for something that they'd be able to recognize like the Holy Spirit. But for those of us who are believers, Jesus is talking to his disciples here, the believers, those of us who are believers, the Holy Spirit doesn't just live with us. It's not something that's just around us, but it lives in us. And I want to give Jesus a hand clap of praise right now because the Holy Spirit lives in us as believers today. So here's what we need to understand as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, the very same spirit of God that, that, that raised Jesus from the dead after he was crucified lives inside of you. The miraculous power, the spirit of God dwells inside each one of you as believers. You have the power of God. Now, don't get it twisted. Like a few years ago, I could have said that phrase. You have the power of God living in you and not felt the need to explain that like I'm going to explain it now. But because culture has perverted that phrase, culture has perverted what power is. And so when I say that the power from the spirit of God lives inside of you, culture has perverted that to mean that the highest level of spirituality or consciousness is that you are actually the power that you are actually like God or a God. That's what culture would have you believe. But don't get it twisted. That's not what this is. You have a power from another world, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God that lives in you, that speaks truth. It's not you living out your own truth, right? We all hear that all the time. You turn on whatever, the news, social media, whatever it is, people are living out their own truth. The Holy Spirit is truth. The word of God is truth. Don't let the devil lie to you. I don't wanna break that over anybody that believes that today, that you have some sort of power that you're drawing from, from your own strength. It's not your own strength, it's not your own power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. If you are a spirit-filled follower of Jesus, you're no longer a natural person. You are filled with a supernatural power from the spirit of God. So we've already established that I'm a 90s kid, right? We talked about Scooby-Doo. Where are my other 90s kids at? All right, all right. We're slow to clap. We're slow to step up us 90s kids. So you heard a little bit of clapping, then a lot of clapping, because there are a lot of us in here. So we got some 90s kids in here today. And so, so, so my 90s kids, if you're under the age of 23, here's what I want you to know. Some of us were born in the, in the 1900s. Isn't that wild? Some of us were born with a 1-9 on our birthday, right? Okay, and so here's what I want you to know. If you're a 90s kid or maybe you're an 80s kid who was still living in mom and dad's basement during the 90s, this is for you. If it, what are some shows outside of Scooby-Doo? What are some Saturday morning shows? You just throw them out there. Bugs, but okay, we got the Looney Tunes. We got a couple, we got a couple 90s kids not willing to speak today. There it is, Roper, my man, Power Rangers. That's exactly what I was going for, Power Rangers. I feel like someone in the back said Bible man, and I just want you to know, if you, if you are a Bible man fan, you are double saved, there's a special place in heaven for you, that you are the backbone of this church, and I'm thankful for you. But Power Rangers is exactly what I'm talking about. I wanna spend some time talking about Power Rangers for just a moment, because the, the thing about Power Rangers is this, the Power Rangers um, uh, drew, their power, right, that's in the name Power Rangers, they drew their power from six 
If you're, if you're a nerd, right, you're gonna understand this. I had to look, just, just for the record, I had to look this up, okay? I'm not a nerd, I had to look this up. They draw their power from six golden power corns. They're dinosaur themed. And now that I'm saying this, I do sound like a big nerd. I want the record to state I, I played sports in high school and I, okay, I'm just kidding. But listen, they draw their power from these tangible physical objects called power coins. That's where they draw. They have to have them with them. There's a whole special setup. I got to have my power core, my power coin to turn into a power ranger. I have to have something physical, something tangible. But as followers of Jesus, we don't have to have something physical or tangible because the spirit, the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us, each one of us as believers. And it's what we draw our power from. Verse 17 said, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Side note, the Power Rangers got something, got something biblically right here. Matthew, uh, it's, it's uh, chapter 18, verse 20, talking about where one or two come together. That's where Jesus will be. When the Power Rangers came together, they had the Megazord. When we come together, we have Jesus, okay? I just want you to, I'm just, bring, I'm just buttoning it up, that Power Rangers reference. Okay, so let's take some time to dive into the Holy Spirit and, and what the Holy Spirit will give you power in the name of Jesus to do. So I don't want you to leave today thinking, okay, Pastor Chad, he, I, I kind of got an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is now. And he said, there's power in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? He talked about Power Rangers, so do I have to get like a, a, a latex suit? Like what's going on here? What, what, what is that power that, that, that the Holy Spirit will give you? So I wanna dive into the, the, the power that the Holy Spirit has as it lives inside of you in the name of Jesus, okay? So the first thing is this, the Holy Spirit gives you the power of salvation. Say salvation. We are made in the image of God. He breathed life into our lungs. He created us. And because of that, his Holy Spirit lives in us when we are believers of Jesus. We draw, we are drawn to him supernaturally. Like there's a reason why, why, why so many years ago, it's still true today that so many Christians are drawn to, to God and to Jesus because we're supernaturally connected to him because he is our creator. And we believe that through the death and the resurrection of Jesus, that's how we are saved. And so there's a story in the New Testament about a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a Pharisee and, and Nicodemus, and basically what a Pharisee is, that's, that's someone who's super religious, super legalistic, really uh, about the rules at the time, maybe the Jewish elite. And so Nicodemus uh, doesn't wanna lose clout, but he starts learning and hearing about Jesus and meeting Jesus and, and starts to be drawn toward Jesus and away from legalism. From legalism. But he he doesn't want to lose clout with his Pharisee buddies. He doesn't want them to know. So he, he, he sneaks off in the middle of the night to go talk with Jesus. And contrary to his Pharisee friends, he starts telling Jesus how amazing he is. Like, Jesus, you are so good. Obviously, you are God. Because look at all these miracles. Look at all these signs and wonders and miracles that you are performing. There's no doubt in my mind as Nicodemus that you are God. And Jesus replies, and I'm paraphrasing here, but basically Jesus replies with, in order to, to, to be born again, in order to, for the truth to enter your heart, you must be born again or you cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus is telling you, you have to be born again to, 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 to enter into heaven and see the kingdom of God. And old Nicky D's like, hold up, born again? 
What, what exactly do you mean by that? How, how am I physically? Because again, we're looking closer into a spiritual world and a spiritual perspective. But Nicodemus is like born again. He's seeing with his physical eyes, thinking with his physical brain and his physical heart, how could someone be born again? Jesus, are you telling me I got to call up my mama and say, mama, I'm coming home. Like my first home, the womb, like I know it's weird. And Nicodemus is like, Jesus, what? no, that's awkward, man. I can't do that. How, how in the world am I, Nicodemus, supposed to do that? How is one supposed to be born again? And Jesus is like, look closer, Nicodemus. And in John chapter three, verse four, uh, uh, verses four through six, we'll start with verse four. Nicodemus is talking to Jesus. He says, what do you mean? Exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Verse six, humans can reproduce only life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. In other words, your mom can give you physical birth, but, but, but your heavenly father gives you a spiritual birth. You can be spiritually born anew when you invite the presence of God and the spirit of God into your life. When you invite Jesus to be your savior, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and savior, and when you repent of your sins and ask for forgiveness, you are born new. And then there's water baptism, which 62 people were water baptized here at Courageous on Easter. And I think I said these numbers last week, but 240 people were born anew in the spirit and gave their life to Jesus. The Holy Spirit fills you when you give your life to Jesus, when you are saved, the power of salvation that the Holy Spirit brings and transforms your heart, transforms your life. When you ask God to, to be the center of your life, you're born anew spiritually. The second thing the Holy Spirit gives you power is, is to give you the power to walk in God's will. Now, what does that mean? Because that sounds very greeting card-ish. Like, uh, what, what are some common greeting cards? Uh, 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 well, get well soon, right? That's a common greeting card. Best wishes, walk in God's will. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like a cliche. It sounds like something that a pastor would say, like, well, walk in God's will. Walk in God's will, parishioner, as Pastor Tyler would say, walk in God's will. What does that mean, walk in God's will? It sounds like get well soon or best wishes, but what does it really mean? Well, it means that, that through life, when you don't know what to say or you don't know where to go or, or, or you don't know what to speak or what to do in a moment, the Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you onto God's path for your life. God has a path and a plan for your life and the job of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in your in your life guides you and directs you on that path. God, please equip me with your full armor is something I pray often. I told you last week that there was a season of life where every single, I was going through it and every single morning I prayed that God would put on the full armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the full armor of God because I was going through some spiritual warfare and I still pray that often. But another prayer that I pray very often is God, please guide me and direct me. Holy Spirit, guide my feet, set my feet firmly on your path and guide me in the direction of God's will. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 14, verse 26. But when the father sends the advocate, there's that word again, the Holy Spirit. When the father sends the Holy Spirit as my representative, he will teach you everything 
and will remind you of everything I have told you. Think about the Holy Spirit as your spiritual advocate. The Holy Spirit is your counselor, your guide. He directs you on your path as you walk out God's will for your life. And so I, I always wanted to be a cowboy. And I've recently moved out to some land. I, I'm, I'm starting to, I got my coveralls on under this, y'all. I'm ready to do some farming after church today, okay? And listen, I always wanted to be a cowboy. I thought that is the coolest thing. I, I, had, I, I want the boots, I want the hat, I want the whole nine yards. I want to be a cowboy. We've got chickens and, and, and we've got some sheep coming and pigs and some cattle coming next week. We are diving full into this cowboy lifestyle, something I've always wanted to do. But back in the day, actually just a few years ago, I was what you would call a city slicker. I was a city, so I was a city boy back in the day. Okay, a few years ago, I was living, Natalie and I were actually living near downtown Springfield, and, 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 and so we were right in the middle of the city. And, and so um, I, I had this dream in my heart to be a cowboy, and I got a phone call from a guy here in our church. I don't think he's here today, but his name is Tom, and Tom is a real cowboy. Tom has cattle. He lives that cowboy life every single day, and so Tom, I was probably fifth or sixth on his list, but he knew that I had a pair of boots and a good attitude, and I was ready to go, but I guarantee he called four or five people before he called me, but I picked up the phone, and Tom, as we in the business, if you're in the business, uh, it's called cattle wrangling, but Tom Tom calls me and says, hey, we got to wrangle some cattle. What happened was Tom had, it was winter, it was icy, it was snowy, and Tom had broken his, he had a, he like fell out of a tractor or something like that, or a, a cow maybe kicked him. I, I don't really know the whole story, but he was in a walking boot and it's winter, it's cold, and Tom needs some help. He's got these, he's got herds of cattle and he's, he's got limited mobility because he's in a walking boot. And so I'm like, Tom, I'm putting on my chaps right now. I got my cowboy hat. It's a straw hat. It says Branson USA, but it's all I got. I got my leatheriest pair of chaps and I'm, I'm, I'm on my way. I am coming. And so what I didn't realize is I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even really look the part. I really, if you're, well, speaking of 90s, there's a movie called Son-in-Law. Anybody familiar? That's not in my notes. Yeah, that, I was Polly Shore in that movie. Okay, some of y'all got that. So here's Tom, right? And he, he knows I don't know what I'm doing. And, and, and he's got limited mobility and I'm there and I have limited skill. And so he's walkie, like we have walkie talkies connected to like in an earpiece and he's talking to me, guiding me through something that I'm unfamiliar with, how to operate his tractors, how to wrangle the cattle, how to, how to change uh, uh, the, the attachments on the skid steer and fill the bucket full of grain and dump it in the feeder and load a new bale of hay and where to take it. And he's speaking to me in my ear. I'm, I'm following his direction and he's off somewhere speaking to me, watching me and speaking through, to me through this walkie-talkie, guiding me and giving me direction. And so that's what's true. If we're believers, the power of the Holy Spirit operates in that way. You may not feel qualified. You may not feel like you have all the answers. You may feel like you are in unfamiliar territory. You may even be excited about it. Like I was excited to be a cowboy, even though I didn't know what to do. You may look the part, you may not look the part, but the Holy Spirit will guide you and set you on God's path for your life. When you know Christ, you're filled with the Spirit. He'll guide you, he'll lead you step by step. You are led not by your faults or your desires, but by the Spirit and the voice of God. The Spirit might say, hold on, stop, don't, don't go that way. And you're like, okay, all right, I'm listening, I'm going this way now. The Spirit of God may say, hey, reach out to that person. 
And it's as simple as, it doesn't have to be some divine loud voice in your ear. It can be as simple as sitting at your desk and you feel like, oh, I haven't seen that person in a while. I'm gonna reach out to that person. I, I, I wonder what's going on. They, they've just been placed on my heart. I can't quite explain it. I just started thinking about them. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, saying reach out to that person. You may get a bad feeling about a relationship or a job or a school situation and say, ah, you know what? I, I don't think I'm gonna make, I don't know why. I don't have any, I don't have any real insight on this, but I, I'm not gonna go that direction. I'm not gonna hang out with those people. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go into that relationship or go to that job. I, I don't really know why. It seems good on paper, but I just have this feeling that that's not right for me. That's the Holy Spirit talking in your life. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 16, verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Here's another thing the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to be bold in your faith. Here at Courageous, we are bold, not boring. Say bold. We are bold, not boring. We are unapologetically bold about our faith in Jesus, about the gospel of Jesus, about who Jesus is in our life. We are bold and we like to have a good time. We like to party. We like to celebrate Jesus. And so as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives you the power to share the good news and the love of Jesus boldly in your life. Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. This is Paul talking. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, I did so so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. In other words, Paul is saying that his abilities aren't that great. Like Paul's a super Christian, right? He's, a, he's one of the greatest writers, the greatest preachers in the Bible. He's a super Christian and, and he's basically saying, hey, I'm, I'm not that good. I'm just gonna step back and let the Holy Spirit work in my life and speak through me. And so who am I to say not the same thing, right? So I'm, I'm not that good. I'm not a great speaker or a great presenter or whatever, but I'm just excited to step back and let the Holy Spirit work and, and speak through me. When it comes to sharing Jesus with, with someone, a family member, a coworker, a friend, whoever it might be, just know that you can proclaim the goodness of God and speak boldly about him because the Holy Spirit is working in your life. The goodness of God is there for you to speak and proclaim boldly because of what he's doing and what he will do through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's power and boldness in your life. The Holy Spirit gives you a power to live, gives you the power to live a holy life. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to live a holy life when forces of darkness, we talked about this last week, right? Spiritual warfare is what we're talking about here. When, the, when, when forces of darkness wanna tempt you back into a sinful lifestyle, the power of the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to live a holy life. Romans 8 uh, chapter eight, verses five through six, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Before a person knows Jesus and it has the Holy Spirit working in, the, in your life, it's easy to be tempted by, by greed or, or whatever sin is in your life. It's easy to be tempted by lust and greed and anger and sins against Jesus. And it's easy to, to lose your cool and, 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 to, and to scream at your kids or to yell at that person at work or, 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 or to go ahead and think lustful thoughts and be bitter and be jealous 
But when the Holy Spirit is working in your life, you have this vulnerability and the, and the temptation comes from the evil one and, and, and you still have that vulnerability. It's not that you're gonna live this life of like all's good now, I don't have to worry about sin, but you have this feeling when the Holy Spirit gives you power to live a holy life where you start to guard your mind and you start to, those sins, screaming at your kids and, and yelling at your coworker and losing your temper and thinking those lustful thoughts and doing those lustful things, start to, to, they start to make you feel guilty. You start to not find joy in them anymore because the Holy Spirit is working and transforming your heart and you no longer want to live in that sin. If you continue to read uh, Romans chapter eight, I'm just kind of paraphrasing here, but it, it talks about your sinful, when you let your sinful nature control your mind, it leads to death. But letting, letting the Spirit, the Holy Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. So will you be controlled by the Spirit or will you let the sinful mind control your thoughts and your actions? When you're a follower of Jesus, sin is fun. It's like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I, can, I can write this off. Maybe I can, I, can, I can justify it somehow. But when you become a believer and are led by the Holy Spirit, sin is not as fun as it used to be. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 says this. So I let, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out the good intentions. These two forces, the forces of evil and the forces of good, are constantly in conflict, fighting with each other over your spirit and your salvation. But when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the forces of evils, the forces of evil will flee from you, not by your own strength, but through the strength that comes from God, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in your life. And this is the last thing I want to talk about with the Holy Spirit today. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to make a difference with spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to make a difference with spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit, when he fills you, he will give you spiritual gifts, gifts that, that, that you don't have the power to do on your own. Maybe it's, maybe it's working with kids. Maybe it's working and serving others uh, through music, through production, through just having a smile on your face and loving on people. And maybe that's not your nature or your skill set, but the Holy Spirit gives you a set of spiritual gifts. Hebrews chapter two, verse four, and God confirmed the message by giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever he chose. God will give you certain gifts and abilities through the Holy Spirit. If you continue to read 1 Corinthians and chapter 12 or Romans chapter 12, you can see there's a list of different spiritual gifts, the fruits of the Spirit. God can give you discernment in certain situations and certain places when you don't know what to do. You can get an overwhelming supernatural gift of discernment, a gift of prophecy. Maybe God has given you through the Holy Spirit a gift to prophesy over others 
others to prophesy over people's life. Maybe it's, it's a gift of speaking in other tongues or interpreting other tongues. Maybe it's a gift of service. It doesn't have to be something that, that is intimidating. It can be something as simple as serving others through hospitality, loving on each other through skills with music or production, jo- joining the dream team, going through the courageous life, joining the dream team and using those gifts when you're filled with the spirit. We no longer sit on the sidelines. Like that's not what God has designed you. There's a path of discipleship that God has a plan over your life for when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, God no longer wants you to sit on the sideline, but to join the fight and to serve on the dream team. A spiritual gift is given to each one of us to help each other out. And so if you leave today, here are two things I wanna leave you with, and I'm wrapping up with this. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. If you leave today and you only remember two things, remember these two things. Number one, don't resist the Holy Spirit. What happens when we resist the Holy Spirit in our life is that it just takes a much longer, more painful trajectory to get to where God wants you to be. It takes a longer, more painful path for you to live out God's plan for your life. It's painful, it's frustrating when you resist the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life and the Holy Spirit tells you to go one way and you just brush it off and think, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I, I kind of get that feeling, but I'm gonna go this way. I'm gonna trust my gut. The Holy Spirit doesn't live in your gut, it lives in your heart. Trust your heart. Trust the heart that God has transformed in your life. So when you hear something and and you're like, I don't quite know the inside. I don't have insight on that. I don't really know what that is, but I'm gonna lean into it because I feel like that's the spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit talking in my life. And when you don't, when you resist the Holy Spirit, it leads to a path of frustration, leads to a path of pain. It leads to a much longer path to ultimately walk in God's will. And the second thing I want you to remember today is this, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's one thing not to resist. It's another thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, right? What does any substance do if you take alcohol, if you drink it long enough or drugs, if you you do enough of any sort of substance? makes you a little weird, makes you a little uh, out of control, makes you a little out of your element, out of control of your physical body and of your actions and of your words. If you abuse a substance too long or take too much of something, anything like that can, can, can get you out of your normal thought pattern, out of your normal actions, it takes control of you. So don't let a substance take control of you. Instead, let the Holy Spirit take control of you and guide you. Let God take control of your life and watch him work as he convicts you to repent of your sins and to walk along with him and say, do this and do that and reach out to this person and listen to this and follow this path. God has a plan for your life. And the Holy Spirit is here to give you power to walk in his will, to live a holy life and to use those gifts that God has given you. Don't resist the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I wanna close today with a story of when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, I didn't find Jesus until I was about 19, 20 years old. And so um, I was trying to live a good life. Like that was my goal. I was kind of done being a jerk, done being a party guy. I kind of wanted to like, I'm done with that. I want to settle down as much as a 20 year old going to college could. I'm tired of being this wild, crazy party guy. I just want to be a good guy. And so I thought, well, I'll go to church. 
good people go to church, right? I'll go to church. I wasn't really looking for something other than just to kind of be known as a nice guy or a good guy. But then what happened was, was some, some amazing things. God really started blessing me as I left this old lifestyle and started living for him. My intentions weren't great. There was a, just a girl there that I liked and I ended up you know, putting a ring on that finger so it worked out for everybody involved. But my intentions weren't great. I just kind of wanted to get away. Like I was working, I was going to college. I was working three part-time jobs. I was going to church. I was volunteering, not because I thought it was the right thing to do or that I felt some pull from the Holy Spirit, but because I just wanted to, to forget about that old lifestyle and keep myself busy with things that I thought were good that would make me a nice or a good person. But then God started really blessing me and opportunities opened up and, and, and money I didn't have started coming in and, and, and relationships with family started to heal and all this crazy stuff. And, and so I started to think, oh, maybe there's, maybe there's something more to it. But I hadn't been, a, I didn't have a Bible. I didn't know I was coming to church, but I didn't know anything about Jesus or about the Bible. And then someone spoke into my life and, 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 and I took it as I've missed it. They were talking about not missing your opportunity. I think it was a sermon. And they talked about not missing the opportunity when God starts to pour into you and God starts to bless you. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunity. And so at me as a baby, immature Christian, I'm thinking, oh no, I've missed it. I recognized all these blessings and all these things God was doing in my life. And I thought, you idiot, I missed it. I missed it. There's only one shot. I only have one chance and, and I'm about to miss it. So I'm chasing God down. I'm like, God, I don't just want to be a good person, but I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to use the gifts that you've given me to serve others. I want to do something with my life that, 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 that's more than just me. I want to do something bigger. I want to be a part of something bigger. I want to enter into your kingdom and be born anew in water and in the Holy Spirit. And I thought I missed it and I'm chasing after him. And I'll never forget one Wednesday at our North Auditorium, Pastor Tyler was preaching. It's a normal message, worship team doing their thing. And I'm just in the auditorium, just pleading to God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, fill me. I needed a sign. I thought like, like a beam of light was gonna come into my chest and it was gonna be this crazy thing. I thought I was gonna get hit by a, a lightning bolt or, or thunder was gonna roar. I'm like, I, I just need a sign. I need you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. But again, my intentions were not, not that great. I wasn't really concerned on being filled with the Holy Spirit. I was more concerned about the sign that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it didn't happen. I prayed for a long time, crying. First time I ever cried in my life, outside of the day I was born, I'm sweating. I'm like trying to do anything for the whole, people are praying for me, I'm praying for me. Like I'm trying to do anything to feel like I've been filled with the Holy Spirit and nothing happened. So I went home that night, went to bed. It's a normal night, I had to wake up and go to, to, I was in college at the time, I had to wake up and go to class the next morning. And, and it was the realest dream I've ever had. It was like an out-of-body experience. I'm watching myself be filled with the Holy Spirit, asleep in my bed, watching myself be filled with the Holy Spirit. And before I woke up, God spoke to me and said, you were filled with the Holy Spirit the moment that you repented of your sins and asked God to be the Lord of your life. The moment that you said, Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. I turn from that and I follow you. You are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. 
You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.